And now a word from our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Well, first of all, it's free. And who doesn't love free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And that way we can get closer to the bag. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening. DMX passed away recently. Um, rest in peace to DMX. Rest in power. Welcome back. This is Khadijah and Yusuf. And you're listening and watching episode six of the Ali Family Podcast. Thank you for coming back. Or if this is your first time, thank you for checking us out. Start off with talking about the versus battle that yeah. happened. Before it started, who did you have winning? I had the Isley Brothers winning beforehand. How about you? Before it started, I think I had Earth, Wind & Fire. I went to an HBCU, Florida a and I, I think I've said that a few episodes. And during halftime of the game, the marching band would just go all out on Earth, Wind & Fire. Like, all of the music that they would play was like Earth, Wind & Fire. And then all of those barbecues and cookouts and things like that, I feel like you always hear a lot of Earth, Wind & Fire. So going in, I thought Earth, Wind & Fire, just because a lot of those cultural moments are attached to Earth, Wind & Fire. I guess that brings us into the actual verses and who we think came out of it. Going into it, you said Isley Brothers. Coming out of it, we don't have to go round for round. A lot of people are familiar with the verses format. 20 songs, mm -hmm. each group gets to play their best 20. And sometimes they play a little something extra during the intermission or maybe a little something extra at the end if they had any collaboratorial efforts. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to give a score, but who do you think won? The Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers. I have to agree. The Isley Brothers surprised me. I had to take away one of their points. I like the song, but I can't admit that I like the song. I'll get into that a little bit, but even with me having to subtract the point, they still won by a pretty significant amount for me. I do love the showmanship, the performance, so some of that added a little bit of extra for me. Ron Isley, and then he kind of made a transition into Mr. Biggs, and that was a whole other vibe where he just connected with maybe a little bit more of the hip hop generation in that space as Mr. Biggs. So he had a whole three generations of influence because the song Between the Sheets is a huge hip hop sample for Biggie. I love it when they call me Big Pop, but and he said it. That was a meme. If you're on YouTube, just Google Ron Isley. I love it when they call me Big Papa. Or if you've been on Twitter, you've probably seen the meme, but it's <laughs> it's hilarious. He hops up and he's like, I love it when they call me Big Pop. <laughs> and he has the fur and he has the cane and he's really playing up the role. So Isley Brothers for me won it also because of their relevance to hip hop. Today was a good day by Ice Cube. 
There are samples where huge hip hop songs that make you dig in the crate. These are groups where you don't see this anymore. Our parents would say they don't make music like that anymore today. Which is true in this case. It is. Mm -hmm. So you had Isley Brothers. I had Isley Brothers. What was your opinion on Steve Harvey? Outfit, commentary, everything. Because he was a part of the conversation. That's what it was. Every single <laughs> like break in music, there was Steve Harvey talking about some year 1970 <laughs> that something happened in you know one of these groups were the background of his life. How many of those stories were really true? I feel like he was a big Earth, Wind, and Fire fan more than the Isley brother. He tried not to be biased, but he was leaning a little bit more towards Earth, Wind & Fire. He literally had a story for almost every song. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those stories were true. Yeah, a lot of people speculating that they're not, but I will give Steve more credit. He did his research, he was thoughtful, like, okay, what are the big hits? How, how, how did this affect my life during that time? I think he came in prepared with stories. Some of them could be true. <laughs> I think some of them were true in his mind. Mm -hmm. He was sipping on some Ciroc. True. You know, Versus is partnered with Ciroc. They're also partnered with Triller. They're also partnered with Instagram. But he was sipping on some Ciroc. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if the Ciroc also added to some of those embellishments in addition to the research that he did. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know people when they have a couple of sips, he's like that uncle that starts telling you the stories about back in their day when they had to walk barefoot in the snow 10 miles one way and then barefoot in the snow uphill 10 miles with no socks. <laughs> like, just adding to the story. So you're right. I think there was probably a lot of truth to it. He just added on a little. Yeah. Here there. Yeah, I think he definitely added on a little bit of sauce for the entertainment. Yeah. He was probably top two because I did notice after the first 10, they do a little intermission. And the last 10, less stories. He pulled back a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's like four hours. Like it the was four hours. And they started right on time. So this is two verses in a row. They started on time. No coincidence that it's also been connected with Triller and that these were the last two. So... I know I've had my theory about Triller and be, being influenced with the production-wise, but I do have to say, this probably was the Christmas production that I've seen on Instagram. I agree. Just the box, the way they had it in there, and the comments featured that neither person was like above or below or to the left or to the right mm -hmm. was just beautiful. We watched it on our phone, mm -hmm. but I felt like I was watching a movie. Like, it was super crisp. It was. I agree. So hopefully this is a good direction. So it's clear that you took a fine tooth comb through this versus battle. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, a lot of thoughtful opinions about it. It was four hours. That's true. So what was your favorite song played, whether it was by the, the winning mm -hmm. band or not? Two different answers. So the most memorable song is when the Isley Brothers played the R. Kelly song, Mr. Big. How you doing, Mr. Big? What's going on? <laughs> In the back of my head, I was waiting for it. I expected for it to be played, 
But at the same time, I was like, no way they're gonna let this happen. If cancel culture is a real thing within black culture, I think R. Kelly is the closest thing to canceled. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are really torn because they were alive when those hits were hitting mm -hmm. and they have memories and attachments to those hits. I don't have any R. Kelly. I deleted The Chocolate Factory, 12 Play 2, some songs that he was featured on with rap artists. As soon as I found out what he did and I learned more about it as an adult, I went and deleted all of those things. But if I hear someone else playing it, or if I hear it on the radio, I might not be the first person to go and turn it off, which is a little hypocritical. I wasn't mad when he played it. I was just shocked that he played it. And I understand that they have a relationship and honestly, R. Kelly's production and pen probably helped to bring back Ron Isley a little bit and helped to revitalize his career and kind of make it a little closer to our generation. So maybe just out of that, he felt like he owed him. For me, that was the most like, wow, like jaw-dropping part of the verses when that song was played. I was like, no. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Twitter and saw what people were talking about. <laughs> and there was mixed feelings within Black Twitter. And Black Twitter's a thing. If, you're, if you know about Black Twitter, you know. So a lot of Black Twitter was really both genders, you know, both men and women agreeing that they liked the R. Kelly song, which shocked me. The Isley Brothers were grooving the back to back to back, huge hits. And they wrote all of that music. So they are paid forever. That's ownership, that's equity within their music. So they performed it, they wrote it. I liked Who's That Lady, Between the Sheets. I had to go get my cheat sheet. I didn't know that Earth, Wind & Fire had written the song Imagination. That was a big aha moment for me because I'm a huge Temptations fan. You know, we love the movie. And everybody always thinks about, it's just my imagination. We always think that that was a temptation song. So to hear that Earth, Wind & Fire wrote that song, for me, that was like, what? Mm -hmm. These brothers got pinned. There was another song that was huge. You hear it on every commercial. And I did not know that Isley Brothers were responsible for that song. It's your That's thing. It. That's in all the commercials. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. Yeah, I didn't know that was an Isley Brothers song. So that was huge just to hear that. You know, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't back in 1973, <laughs> but I, you know, I did call myself a Earth, Wind & Fire song. So the big, you know, Reasons, that was a one, you know, Reasons I, I love, that was a classic. Shining Star, classic. You know, those are just some big classics. And those would probably be like the two for me that really hit. Just for the performance, it was the Isley Brothers for me. The Isley Brothers took it, fashion, music. So the ladies night one is the next one that I'm looking forward to. I know they have one with Redman and Method Man on 420 for the smokers, right? 420, Big Smokers Day. But the one that I'm looking forward to is the ladies night one with SWV versus Escape. And that to me is the one that I expect to see some performance, some singing. You know, they're coming with the outfits. Those ladies don't play. Are you a fan of either of those groups? 
And when they're compared to each other, who do you think will win? I was a fan of each of those groups. I feel like in all my 90s playlists though, um, SWV comes up a lot with their, their handful of very big hits. I am not that familiar with SWV. Um, I know a little bit about Escape just because of their connection to hip hop, but so who are the members of SWV? SWV, the lead member is Coco. And then there's also, I believe, Lily and Titi. I think they go by their, their nicknames, but Coco, like for sure, she's, she's very distinctive, her voice. And she also had a, a solo career. So yeah, it's, it's a three member group. And then of course, Escape has four members. That okay. Familiar with. So I'm, I'm familiar with two of the four. Okay. I'm familiar with Candy and Tiny. Right. I, I can't tell you the other names of the other two. But look-wise, similar aesthetics. I think the marketing of those groups seems similar. You know, kind of relatable. You know, not too much. At least at the time, they didn't seem like they were being promoted as divas. You know, they were kind of being dressed and kind of styled to look more relatable. I know now they're they're whole divas. Like they are definitely real housewives of Atlanta, the family hustle. You know, they are in a different lane right now. But back then they were more kind of tomboyish a little bit, you know, just kind of trying to highlight their voices. So what do you think? Do you have, did you have a favorite group? So kind of like removing the verses, like just between the two, is there a group that you like the most between SWV or Escape? I I did like them both. I do like them both. They're definitely, both groups come up a lot in my, you know, 90s R&B playlists. I think I probably, would catch myself walking around humming SWV songs a little bit more um, now that I think of it. Who has the song, I'm so into you? SWV. That's SWV. Mm -hmm. Major hit. Which, between the two, who has your favorite song? So there's that one. There's the Human Nature Michael Jackson remix, which Chris Brown remixed again more recently um hmm and then escape has party on down to escape beach just kick it just kick it that was a big hit too i really like that song too who can i run to escape that's big mm -hmm. for me it is i don't even need to hear their voices mm -hmm. just that Doom, back the key. Doom, 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 doom. Ah. <laughs> like just the way they bring in, harmonize that. Ah. Right. That's it for and me. That's been sampled too. Really? Mm hmm Ooh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. A lot of those songs are fueled by heartbreak and their lived experiences, I'm sure, because I think Escape did a lot of writing, right? Yeah. You know, Candy is a, a writer for not just her group, but other groups and artists. So they should be able to play those songs too. The true. songs that they wrote for others. That's true. Yeah, that might 
change things. I don't know how much SWV has written mm -hmm. or if, they, if they're writers. Maybe we'll learn a lot during that versus battle and be blown away or at least surprised. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll learn a lot more about SWV, I'm sure, because I'm just not that familiar with them as a group. Going in, if we're projecting, who do you think is going to win? Well, I mean, I think the the writing for other artists changes things. Escape has, so I'm saying Escape. <laughs> okay. And I think they also have more notoriety these days. They're in the news more um, because of Candy and Tiny's reality shows and some of their actual lives get sort of brought to the forefront. Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> people who didn't grow up on 90s music, they know more about Escape because of these two women. They're still relevant to the They're culture. They're still relevant, so. I think I, that's my pick too. They might win. Mm -hmm. So this is documented. We will be proven right or wrong after that versus. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Are there any matchups that you would like to see? Like nothing that's been already done or maybe a remix of something that was already done or anything that you could imagine. Like, do you have like a dream versus? That's a good question. We talked about these two groups, Boys to Men and Jodeci, Casey and Jojo. Devonte and Mr. Dalvin, they all need to be there. That would be a good matchup. And then also some gospel singers, Yolanda Adams and Tasha Cobbs. Mm. Tasha Cobbs is today's Yolanda Adams, but no one can step on Yolanda Adams' voice. She's never going out of style. For everybody that I know, if you ask them who their favorite female R&B gospel artist, they're going to say Tasha Cobbs. Who's your favorite female gospel artist? Right now, Tasha Cobbs. Right? right? Yeah. Tasha Cobbs. Shout out to you, Tasha Cobbs. You are rocking it. You make, you make gospel fun for people that are you know within the church believers but also people that are with you know outside of the walls of church and just enjoy gospel music really bring in the word and bring in god and bring in the lord to people um fred hammond and kirk franklin actually did a verse i think when it happened it was really needed i wouldn't mind seeing another gospel verses that would be good i'm thinking about women r&b mary j blige She's, she's a superstar. She's such an icon, um, even though she doesn't have sort of a, an album that has been released within the last few years. I don't know if she would do it. I think she's, she would do it. She's, I don't think she's she would. Talk. Respectfully, I think there's bigger artists than Mary J. Blige that have done verses already. I'm a Mary J. fan. I think she is the queen of modern day hip hop R&B soul, but I would have to say the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and & Fire and Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, Babyface, Swiss Beats and Timberland. Technically, that was the first verses. It's funny just the way that time works. They are just coming up on their one year celebration. Not so, I don't know if you call it a celebration, but their one year anniversary of verses, even starting, you know, just between them having that battle. But that's not the question. If you mentioned who do you think would be a good versus, you said, Mary against who? R&B artists who I'd be really excited to see. Mary J. Blige would be, and I'm still thinking who who could go against her. What about a Mary J. Blige versus uh, Missy? I wouldn't want to see that. I, would, I do, I really want to see Missy versus Busta Rhymes. 
I really want to see that actually. Thank Mariah you. and Mary J. Blige. Ooh, that would be good. That would be a good one. I think they would do it. That's a good one. If it's just me and my dream of who I would like to see, a lot of the hip hop that I listen to is really still relevant. So a lot of the older artists are still making music. And I like to refer to it as adult contemporary hip hop. So, you know, Jay-Z, even though he's in his 50s, he's still making music. Like I referred to in the last episode, <laughs> uh, the album did not come out. They, so it was, it was definitely an April Fool's. I was waiting a few extra days just in case, like maybe that Saturday they snuck it out, maybe Sunday. Nah, it didn't come out. So, um, but yeah, Jay-Z is still making music. Nas is still making music. We mentioned he just won the Grammy for best album of the year last year. So those are artists that I would like to see but I understand that they probably won't because they're still relevant and they're still making really, really high quality, good music today. So if I was taking it to R&B, I do want to see Usher. Usher has been very present in all of the verses. Usher has been a big name and I would want to see Chris Brown. That's my, that's my dream versus battle. R&B, two R&B crooners, Usher, Chris Brown. Now, if I was going to reverse it and say women, I would like to see Mary J and Missy. I think they both brought a lot to the game. They were super innovative in their own rights. Musically, you know, the, just the performance. Mary, you know, she got her little special moves. Her, you know, Mary has some signature dance moves that are cool and very hip hop. But also, you know, if you see it, Everybody knows that move. It's almost like that LeBron move, but you know, she has that move that she does. Kind of like Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim has her move that she does. You know, <laughs> you know they kind of have their signature moves. Like Missy, she has her signature sound. She has her signature moves. She gets her moves around. She dances. Missy is one dancing woman. Production is legendary. What's her tagline? Super freak, one minute man, I can't stand the rain. So for me, that's my dream verses from women. We might have just talked this one into existence. We were talking a lot about verses and not to insert somber news, but DMX passed away recently. Um, rest in peace to DMX, rest in power. Over the last week or so, the DMX was in bad condition. The family and friends are keeping that information internal about the reasons of what happened, of how we ended up in the hospital, you know, the, whatever complications had health-wise or just however that ended up happening. His family, his friends still have to move forward without him physically. You know, his, his spirit is still very much here. You know, we've seen that over the last few days of just a lot of people highlighting his spirit, highlighting his words, celebrating his music. We do try to highlight the things that are part of the culture and DMX is definitely a part of the culture. Transition, but not forgotten. We both listen to different music growing up, but do you have a favorite DMX song, quote, moment, memory, um, just anything? 
I remember his his music just being so high energy. Well, most of it was really high energy, but when it was low energy, it was very deep. And some of my most vivid memories of seeing DMX on TV was at award shows where he would, you know, accept an award and basically break out in a sermon and a prayer. It would be like so powerful, really in tune emotionally. And um, so I, you know, a lot of people have said that about him. He was really spiritual, then had his vices, experienced some trauma, but he always sort of carried that spirituality with him. So I think that probably a highlight throughout his life. Um, and of course, I remember him from being a part of the Rough Riders and you know, there was Eve and the Locks and Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats, that whole like mega group. They were dominating the charts for a long time. He's definitely an icon. He's had so many hits throughout his career. Um, he even did acting, you know. Yeah. Famously with, with Aaliyah. So that's like a whole other lane of just highlighting the acting. Like, even just while talking about him, we've just highlighted three different segments of him, right? Outside of him as a person, right? So there's him, the person, but within the space that we got to know him, there's the rapper, there's the spiritually led musician that would also put the word within the rap, but also just very much separate, just bust into prayers. And then you also have the actor and like we mentioned, also the human being outside of that is what made him really unique of just being able to put all of those things together. When I think about that, not not even just because they had similar imagery, but I think about Tupac, you know, as somebody that had some of those things where they had the acting, they had the music, but then outside of the music, they had different things. And with Tupac, it wasn't as much of the spirituality as much as it was some of the revolutionary talks with his relationship to the Panthers, but just kind of those things that made them different than all of their peers that were around them. So yeah, definitely rest in peace, rest in power, rest in paradise. We know that there's much more to this world. There's much more to this life that we live than just our physical experience here. So I do believe he's in a better place. For me, there's a few. So I remember back in college, I've seen the footage of when they did the tour uh, with Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and DMX. I think it was the Hard Knock Life tour, if I'm not mistaken. And they had them rapping and it was, it was so, it was odd. It was so, it was such a random group. So it was DMX, it was Jay-Z, and then there was this Muslim security guard. And the Muslim security guard was giving them bars but they were all just going back and forth and rapping. And at that moment, when you would have seen it, you wouldn't have thought that Jay-Z was the biggest rapper. If I'm being honest, during that run when X had it, he was the biggest rapper out. Numbers, you know, history. Albums going double platinum the same year within a very close amount of time of each other huge anthems like huge anthems that if you play now that will continue even to get played but if you play now 
people will give you that, like you said, that energy, that, you know, huge energetic anthems. I don't even think, I know he mentioned those other rappers, Ja Rule, Jay-Z. I don't even, and you know, I'm a huge, you know, Jay-Z is probably my favorite rapper, but I don't think Jay-Z has those anthems like DMX has those anthems. Like, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's close. Like they have completely different subject matter. And, you know, I like the subject matter of what DMX was talking about. I learned about him more in high school. Funny story, I remember sneaking out of school in between my lunch period, so right before my lunch period of having enough time to, and if my, Spanish, if my former Spanish teacher is watching this, I apologize for this story, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I remember sneaking out of the last 15 to 20 minutes of my Spanish class, skipping lunch all together and then being able to make it back to school and class in enough time to not be too late for my next class. But um, our school wasn't that far from Tower Records. So I'm aging myself a little bit, right? So if there was a Tower Records, that means we're back in maybe early 2000s, late 90s, right around that time period. But just remember sneaking to go get the DMX album, the Eminem album, and the Outkast album. And me and my guys, like we had enough money to buy one each and then we were just sharing it with each other. And I, I remember just listening to some of that music and even on the songs he was featured with, the group song, he had a song that he was on with the lots, you know, money, power, respect. Mm -hmm. Like he tore that up. He ate, he ate that up. You know, songs where he was on there with Jay-Z, he ate that up. So yeah, I think just from seeing those freestyles and hearing that music, I was actually driving, not driving, but I remember riding on the college tour. We were on a historically black college university tour. So like I said, this was 11th grade. We went on a college tour and the music I only had, and these were, C, these, were, these were the CD days when you had to have a CD player and you had a CD case that could hold only like five CDs. Mm -hmm. So you had to choose your favorite music that you could bring with you. And this, we, it was, um, we went to DC, we went to Virginia, we went to Delaware. We went to Atlanta, so I said D.C., Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. We didn't go to Florida. Funny, fun, that's super hilarious, very ironic. I ended up going to Florida A&M, and that was the college that we didn't even go to, but when we were traveling to all those places and I could only take my five CDs, the DMX CD was one of them. The Ja Rule CD was one of them as well. I can't lie. Ja Rule at that time was hot. The uh, Jay-Z album was one of them. The Eminem CD was one of them. Not some saying albums, but they were CDs. But yeah, it was the, the Eminem CD, Jay-Z CD, DMX CD, and the Ja Rule CD, but it was a double. Comparatively, couldn't tell a fall off between those artists. And if you look at those artists now and you think about them, some of those artists people would put in their top five or their top 10. And at that moment, he was holding his own, or if not better than some of those albums, to be honest. But it does just show you outside of music, the impact that people really do have 
on people's lives because I remember those memories, you know, just sitting here thinking about it. Like it takes me back to thinking about going on that college tour. It reminds me of skipping class, <laughs> taking that chance of making it to the record store and making it back to school before the school even realized that we were gone. So just those memories that you have, trying to get the music and listening to the music, it's, it's funny, um, but it's definitely good memories. My favorite DMX project altogether would have to be Belly as an actor. You know, I loved his music, but Belly is a, uh, man, Belly is a classic. Belly is a hood classic, great cinematography. Hype Williams made that, he shot that. That might've been Hype Williams' first major film. He was just a music producer. But if we're being honest in that movie, DMX really carried the acting. Like Nas was Nas. <laughs> like Nas was very much himself of how he is in real life in that movie. He just kind of inserted some extra stuff, but I think he was closer to the person that he was in real life. But DMX was extra, like he bought, he brought it. And then when you hear a lot of people talk about the stories of how he was in person, you know, you could see why he was such a good actor because he could differentiate and bring the energy and make it to those levels. And you mentioned Romeo Must Die. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Definitely want to celebrate like just things that he was able to do in and out of music. And I was happy that he was able to get his flowers before he transitioned versus mm -hmm. With him and Snoop Dogg, it was funny. Just some of the memes of the two uncles in hip hop, just trying to keep up and show that they could still move the way they did, you know, dressing like they were still younger, but the hits that they were making still hit. And even just when they were telling stories about how they inspired each other, you know, with their names of how DMX with the dogs helped inspire Snoop you know, with his name and just some of those things and the stories that they shared and just the way they were lifting each other up. Even in the middle of verses, DMX, you know, gave the prayer. He were able to see his excellence and just in a place where he was able to receive his flowers. So that was really cool to see. Hopefully this is something that makes people think more about the things that are important in life, really having those relationships with your friends, with your family, reaching out. That's what I've thought about the most over this time. Who are the people that I need to think about reaching out to, to make sure that I get a chance to give them their flowers while they're still here and not be after they transition and wish that they were something that I could have said or something that I could have did differently. So that's where it's hit me a little bit more around just thinking about that, like those those friendships, those family members, just different people that you might not get a chance to hear from as much, but people that you might want to just reach out to and just say, hey, you know, what's up? How you doing? Haven't heard from you in a little bit. Just showing love and hope all is well. It doesn't have to be a long conversation, but just enough of a conversation just so you got a chance just to connect and see what's happening. Has it made you think anything introspectively just everybody has like such a storied life we talked about like how spiritual he was and how in tune he he seemed to be with like you know god but then some of the subject matter he rapped about or some of his vices this makes me think about like just all people we all need race human beings are flawed people but we all still have 
light in us. Just highlighting and celebrating that light within each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. And just being able to see that light within each other. That's, instead of seeing the flaws of a person, that's another thing for me too. Because it's easy to just see a person and see their flaws. But to see a person and to see that light and to really look and highlight what that skill they have or what that blessing or what that gift that they have within them that we can see and, and not not to overlook the flaws, but to be able to see both sides of a person and really just to not throw people away. I think that's something that I'm thinking about because it's easy for us to just see somebody and think, oh, well, that person is crazy or, you know, that person, they have problems or I don't mess with that person, you know, things like that. And maybe it makes us have to re review some of those thoughts again and really try to find some of those, find some of that grace that you mentioned and maybe think about some of those redeeming qualities within the person that we can acknowledge and find. And if, if there's differences, understanding those differences, but still existing, being able to coexist within those differences is something that can also be learned. Mm. So that's something for me. It's been a very introspective time. That's the word right there. Yeah, I've thought a lot about my life, I feel like whenever these things happen and they, you know, they don't apply to me at all. Like I don't have, I, you know, as far as the background, I've lived a very privileged life, but every single time somebody passes away that is another black man does make me think very introspectively, whether it's a celebrity or George Floyd, the person down the corner, they don't have to have any notoriety or not, but just when you hear about another person that has lost their life, for me, it just makes me think. And I feel like these things have been happening a lot recently. Hearing more about people, you know, whether they're losing their lives to gun violence or whether they're losing their lives to health, COVID, different things, it just seems like it's happening a lot. It's made me very introspective over the last year. I think maybe when Nipsey Hussle was murdered, I think that's when I first started to feel that deep internal pull of really um, not just looking at another murder or not just looking at another death of just being something that happened, but it correlating with being more internal. And I do think that also connects with the timeline of becoming a father and becoming a husband, it's a huge difference when just being married, being a father, being a husband, having a wife, having a child, those things make you think. And DMX had children. He had people that love him and people that he was responsible for that will miss him. And the same with a lot of people. People have children. They have people that they're responsible for. And yeah, I'm just, I feel blessed. I think that's what it reminds me of, just that privilege and that blessing, connecting with the purpose that's here for us. We all have a purpose why we're here. And I don't wanna leave this earth before that purpose is fully lived to its max and really able to help and connect with as many people as possible. And just really to just be in that light where that's the motivation. 
and not because of death, but just those are always the thoughts in my head. Every day there's different things that we talk about wanting to do, whether it's real estate, whether it's deeper into our media platforms, YouTube or podcasting, or just all of these different things deeper within the local community of helping to connect with that. A lot of things that really just make you want to make sure that you're able to be there. If you want to get our videos when we drop them, make sure that you hit the notification button, like, subscribe to our video if you haven't already. Also for our people listening to us on all of the platforms, there's too many to mention, whatever you're listening to us on, um, follow us, subscribe to that as well so that you can get our most recent podcasts when they drop. And with that, thank you. Thank you for watching. Stay blessed. <laughs>